0: Thank you for your presence today. When we have good news, we just have to share it with someone. That's how it is when we turn our lives over to God. Once we sincerely confess and repent of our sins, acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and receive the indwelling Holy Spirit, we can't keep it to ourselves. There is no feeling like it. And as we mature in the Word of God, we are compelled to draw others to receive Jesus Christ. Have your Bible, pen, and paper handy. Pastor Rander ministers to us about the best news we could ever share.
1: Why do people reject the gospel? Because of religious hypocrisy. Because of religious hypocrisy. In Titus chapter 1 verse 16 it says, they claim, underline that, they claim to know God, but their actions, they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. Beloved, religious hypocrisy from those who say they know Christ but live a loose, sinful, unrestrained life becomes a stumbling block to lost sinners from receiving Christ. In other words, there are are folk in the church about people who say they're believers, but <laughs> everything about them indicates otherwise. And they have the audacity to say, I'm a Christian, I'm a saint, but they go into strip clubs. They're delving in pornography. They're living unholy. They're sleeping around. They're in adultery. They're doing all kinds of sordid evil, saying they're Christian, They are deceived. They're deceived. And that's why you have many Sinners not coming to Christ because of religious hypocrisy. The first thing they say, you know what? I'm not coming to God and I'm not coming to that church because there's too many hypocrites in the church. Because they see so many Christians doing otherwise after they leave the church. Hmm. I declare this today. Christians, will you please get your act together? I say it again. Christians, will you please get your act together? And if you don't have it together, stop saying I'm a believer, I'm a Christian. Don't don't invite anybody to Maranatha. They're not coming. That's an indictment against the church. You're messing all of us up. Oh, God. Why do people reject the gospel? Because of pride. Pride is why Lucifer fell. Psalms 10, chapter 10, verse 4 says, In his pride the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. No room for God. Oh, room for stuff, room for pleasure, room for buddies, room for sports room for drugs, room for a lot of alcohol, room for op opioids, room for all this stuff but but no room for God, no room for God. listen, the height of pride in people is to have too high a view of themselves. The height of pride in people is to have too high a view of themselves to think that there is not anything wrong with them and to believe there is no need for God in their life. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I don't need that. I'm already just like I am. Go tell somebody else about that. That frightens me. That, just to hear somebody say that makes me shudder because I have a reverential fear of God. Pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And so many people don't come because of academic pride. Intellectualism, materialism—you know, power—they you know, uh, they, 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 they don't come for a whole lot of reasons. Another reason people reject the gospel is a subtle one: because of growing up in a Christian family. <laughs> That's a subtle one, you know. They talk, well, how I grew up in a family. I, 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 my mama saved, my daddy was a deacon. Uh, uh, my daddy was a preacher, and my brothers evangelist, and my and my sisters the she's a church pianist. <laughs> because of growing up in a Christian family, and so that you have a tendency of thinking that that guarantees your salvation. Having godly Christian parents and siblings, that's a great thing. It's nothing wrong with them having positions in the church, but it doesn't mean you are automatically saved because of their own spiritual legacy and relationship with God. (laughs) Listen to this. (laughs) Salvation is not transferable. you here to be. Salvation is not transferable. You don't, you don't, your mom and them, they don't just, well, I'm going to just transfer a little mind to yours, to you. You know, you, since you don't have enough sense to get saved, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just transfer, yeah, I'm going to help you, boy. I'm going to help you, girl. I'm, I'm going to help you, grandchild. I'm going to just transfer a little what I got to you. No, it's not transferable. I, and let me give you a bigger thought. God has no grandchildren. <laughs> God has no grandchildren. He only has children. He only has children. Therefore, you must accept Christ for yourself. Just like your mama had to accept Christ for herself. Your daddy had to accept Christ for himself. Your sister had to accept Christ for himself. Your uh, your brother, your grandma. They had to accept Christ for, your, for themselves. You say, can you show me a scripture on that? I need that because I thought, you know, if I get saved, that means my whole house is saved. Let I me mean, the word of God straightened you out. It's a verse you already know, but now you will see it even in another light. Romans 10 and nine. That if you, not your mama, Not your daddy, not your cousin, (laughs) not your buddy, not your sorrow, not your frat brother. That if you confess with your mouth, not their mouth, that child gotta confess with his mouth, his your mouth. Underline that the who? The Lord Jesus and believe. In your heart, not everybody says, my mama says, no, no, I, I, mama say, but what about you? I'm talking about your heart, boy. I'm talking about your heart, daddy, because sometimes the child is saved and the dad is lost, or the mama's lost, or the aunt is lost. I'm talking about my heart. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Not everybody else, you will be saved. not your brother, not your sister, not your coworker. you. you will be saved. It's a personal thing between you and God. I, I can't get in your heart and save you. I can preach the gospel. But I, but I can't save you. I, I can have everything homiletically, homonymically uh, correct, theology correct. I can have it all tidy and all right and all that and I can do it with passion and energy, but the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I can't save you. Your mama can't save you. Your daddy can't save you. They can present the gospel to you, but but they, but they can't save you. Only God can save you holy god so growing up in a christian family and that makes it difficult because even my personal experience you know thank you lord for giving me this uh, you just gave it to me on well, this i grew up in a christian family my daddy sang in a choir my daddy was a deacon my mama sang in a choir i remember that that gray robe she had with the little yellow thing blue banner going around and and she was leading this song. So God is, bless her heart, she's in heaven now. She was saying, God is the answer. I remember those songs that they were saying. And uh, and I just look at that, and I would just sit there on the front row. And I would just look. I, would, I was a, I was a peculiar child. I didn't want to sit back there. I always found my way. I didn't even sit with my, rather did I sit with my parents back in the back somewhere. Because my mama was a shouting sister. I never would forget. One time I had a derby hat. And I used to wear a derby Hat and I had my hat and it was sitting on my lap in church, and all of a sudden my mama got happy and she flattened my hat in my lap. <laughs> she enjoyed God. You know, she, she, she enjoyed God. You know what? And I was looking at that. It's because she had a relationship. I said, Look, my mama, you know, don't you, you don't take all that. You know, my mama, y'all seen her cut loose around here. I bless her heart. my My mama had a relationship with God. You know what my mama said? My mama said, look, boy, if you don't have God, if you don't have family, and you don't have the church, you don't have much going for you. You don't have much going for you. And so I, you know, I grew up in the context. Not that we were a perfect family; we had issues and all of that. You know, with six brothers and sisters, you know, you would have one restroom, one little this and a little TV with a couple of channels. You know, that went off, that signed off at midnight with the Lord's prayer. Y'all remember that? You know, <laughs> some of y'all, you young folk, don't. TV don't go off now. You know, I came up in the context, and what would bother me all the time is that I can remember the exact date. And time and place that I really got saved. I I used to hear people say, oh, it was on a June the 9th, about 6 o'clock, I was sitting on the morning's bench and God arrested me or somebody else. They come up with these sensational testimonies about Christ and I felt like I was left out. And I forget and I I was walking with the Lord, but I was still kind of, because I couldn't I can pinpoint the date I wanted to know the date I wanted to know the time- I wanted to be able to say it like the mother folk could say it, and so I thought I was lacking something because I grew up in a Christian home where I was in that context and i i and somewhere along the way in that experience, I came to know the Lord without having a date and knowing the time because of being in that environment. So I was at a conference one day. I can't even think of the guy's name. I think it was Bill Bright or somebody. I was talking, I was at a conference. I said, you know, I said, <laughs> I said, I'm struggling. He said, what are you struggling? I said, sometimes I still wonder about my salvation. I'm preaching and I'm pastoring. He said, that's just the devil. He, said, he asked one question of me. He said, I got a question for you right now. I said, what's that? He said, are you walking with the Lord right now? Are you believing God right now? Are you living for Christ right now? You know, he started dealing with the present and all that until everything just began to calm down and my faith began to just get more solidified. Because if you're not careful, Satan will, you can be saved and Satan will make you doubt the fact that you are actually saved when you're saved. He works that way also. You see what I'm saying? So the subtleties of how Satan works, even in a Christian context, of a family uh, can deceive you, and you you better know without a doubt that you have your own faith because you believe Jesus Christ for yourself, and all the demons in hell can't make you doubt the validity of your faith in Christ. Do I have a witness here? Well, another another reason people fail to come and reject is is because of believing. Salvation is by works. Because of believing, salvation is by works. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Look at that. Your name, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Look at verse 23 and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There are those who come to church who think they are saved, but in reality, they are not. And if you come to church and have good church attendance and you go to hell from the church house, that's called going to hell the hard way. Because the truth be told, you don't have to come to church to go to hell. If you don't go to hell, you can just go straight. These people, they have a false sense of security in holding on to religious tradition. They think that religious piousness and traditions, uh, they, they think baptism Brings them salvation, baptism, regeneration, and all that stuff. And so many go in a dry center, come out a wet center because they haven't had a true conversion. Many of them think they're saved because they're emotional. You know, oh, they they can just, oh, they're just happy and they throw their hands, you know, throw their hands up and they holler and they scream and they roll and they foam at the mouth and, they speak in tongues and they all over the place. So you say, oh, they got it. They may not have it, because Satan can beat them doing all of that. You, you can't outshout the devil. The devil can show you how to shout. The devil makes strange noises. You, you see? And some you can't you can't outshout, you can't outshout the devil. So so because you got a lot of emotion, you know, in some churches. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I mean, it got me going all over the place today. You know, maybe somebody right in this section need this. You know, I'm just messing with y'all now. <laughs> so there are some churches. They are all light and no emotions. You know, they you say, "What do you mean? They got the word. They got the theology, eschatology, soteriology, angelology." Uh, I, mean, I mean, just all the allogies, uh, ecclesiology, uh, just, just all the get Every one of them, they got it all packaged and know all the nuances of everything. You know, they, got, they, oh, they know they deep in the word of God. And the most difficult passages, they can break it down to you. But when you go in there, man, not one amen, not one hallelujah, not one praise the Lord. I'm not saying you got to be saying. Now some people, they amen the sermon away. Jesus is Lord. Amen. <laughs> Jesus said. Amen. Uh, God is good. Amen. And you just amen, amen. You amen God on out. You know you can over amen. Some I'm coming to conclusion, Some folks don't even know what amen means. You know, and, and 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 but but you know there's no emotions. There's no It's just cold. It's like they're the, you know, the frozen chosen or something, you know. You you just walk in there and you sit and it's eerily quiet and you say, man, if God is that good, where's the rejoicing? Is there a tear? Is there a waving of the hand or a patting of the feet? Uh, uh, is, Is there some indication outwardly? I believe, and you know what? When I worship with the Jewish uh, Messianic uh, believers, man, they singing and dancing. I mean, those, ooh, those worship services are just out of sight. You know, when, when we have uh, Rabbi Randy Shapiro come, man, we're dancing and rejoicing. They're all over. The Jewish style of worship is very different from us. And even when you go to Africa and other everybody, and sometimes people want to judge worship. Don't judge them. I'm just saying some, sometimes we, we, we don't have that balance. Because when you go to Africa, man, the, even the kids are dancing. Some of you have been; they're jumping and they're praising God and they're doing. I mean, their energy. I said, you, you, you don't need to go to any gym once you've been to church over in Africa. Because I declare they not they're they not in a hurry to get started and they're not in a hurry to, leave, to go home. And when you leave, you've lost about five pounds in worshiping, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but so, so, so some churches are all. Um, all emotions, and don't have light, the light of God word, you know, they're running down, they're grabbing the preacher, they're falling out, passing out, they've got a lot of emotion, all heat, all heat, all emotion, no light, and then other churches are all light, all word, but no heat. And somewhere that needs to be uh, that kind of a balance. Gotta be, uh, you know, it's amazing too, Maranatha has always been a strange church, Sometimes you sit here and you act just like Presbyterians, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that because God wants you. There are times God just wants you to be still and know that He's God. That's right. And then other times in here, I say, what, "What? Excuse me, English, but what in the world doesn't happen?" Maranatha looks just like a Pentecostal church. You just. Dancing and jumping and enjoying God, the kids all. I mean, you know, you know, you don't, and you can't, you can't predict that. And I'm so glad it's unpredictable. That's when you know it's real. It's real. So he said, but you can have all. He said, but I never knew you. I never knew you. Emotions, uh, people, because. They think because they're a good moral person, they're saved. Because they have good church attenders, they're saved. Because they're good financial contributors, uh, you, you, th- you owe them. They have a sense of entitlement because of how they give. Or uh, because they're good workers in the church and they hold key positions in the church, very influential in the church. You can be influential and not have a relationship, all of which can deceive a person into thinking they are saved when they're actually lost. What a horrible thing to hear the Lord say when you stand before him. I never knew you. Depart from me. Man, that is a sobering statement. Then uh, finally, but not the least. Why do people reject Christ? It's because they think they have more time. They think that, oh, you know, I don't, I don't have to come later. I can do that later. You know, some, some people actually think they're going to have some kind of deathbed conversion. <laughs> James chapter four, verse 14 says, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Beloved, any one of us can die suddenly at any moment. I said, I want you to get that down. You need to write that down so it'll register. Any one of us can die suddenly at any moment. Moment. You know, if if I had a wish on how I could die, I know you're going to say, oh, Pastor, please don't do that. I just wish one Sunday I can just preach this message of Christ and then die. You think that would be an impact on the church? You will never forget it. And there are preachers who have preached their message, sat down, and died. And folk got right with God. Any moment. Now that can happen to me. You say, ooh, you're holding your breath. It might be me, but it might be you too. Regardless of your age, you can be five. Ten. Babies die. It it doesn't matter about your color. Brown. Black. White. Asian. And everything else I can't call in between. Indian. Whatever you are. You're going to die. Regardless of your status. Your position. Your possessions. Your plans. You're going to die. Therefore humble yourselves. And come to Christ today. Tomorrow is not promised to anyone. In closing, beloved, as we journey through this global pandemic with so much sickness around us, so much death all around us, not to mention the anarchy, the riots, the injustice, the merciless killings unfolding right before our eyes, you need to know that you are genuinely saved without a doubt and that nothing can separate you from the love of God. You need to know that you are genuinely saved without a doubt and that absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of God. I close with this scripture in Romans chapter 8 verses 38 and 39. It says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Even this virus shouldn't separate you from the love of God. You ought to be able to worship God in spite of the virus. You ought to be a blessing to people who need the Lord in spite of the virus. This is our God moment to reach folk who are suicidal and depressed. We're not to just stay in our own little cubby hole while the the world is going to hell. It's it's bigger than a handbasket. I don't know what it is, but it's big. Where is your witness for Christ? We're in a major crisis. People have died because of the virus, have gotten sick because of the virus. You see all the racial unrest, all the confusion, all the brutality, all the injustice. And we can go on and on and on, but I got a question for you. In the midst of all of this, where is your witness? stop watching the media so much they give you the stats oh we have a total of this these many have recovered these many are on ventilators these many are off ventilators here's the curb going up this way and it's going down this way and you talk about this and it talk about fat and you got these many in America and oh globally we got listen that stuff will infuse nothing but fear and doubt and speculation it will paralyze your faith and you'll be of no use to God yo if I should die right now I want to die doing what God has called me to do that's the best way I don't want to die scared. I don't want to die paralyzed. I don't want to die in fear. I don't want to die in doubt. I want to serve my Savior to death like he served himself to death for me. And all God's children said,
0: Are we sure of our salvation in Christ Jesus? Does our light shine so brightly that it draws the lost to our Lord and Savior? Or is our light so dull that it turns the lost away from God? Are we praying for the lost? We cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and expect to win the lost for the cause of Christ. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 east loop 1604 north in converse texas or call us at 210-821-5683